On today's episode of Double Down Trent, it is week one of the NFL season. That's right. We have real, actual football this week. It is a football Friday. Now, I'll let the fans know, we recorded this on Thursday before the Bucks. Cowboys game. What a game it was. So the takes that we make on that game, real and authentic. You're going to be surprised about the games that we picked this week. Got to look for the value. As Hughes says, the value is in the crumbs. Stay tuned for episode 110 of Double Down Trent. Double down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah. Double Down Trent, let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host as always. Joining us tonight, our NFL insider, Coulter. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. This is like uh, the best day of the year. The NFL is finally back. I remember last year when it came back uh, and it was just this like great thing because COVID had just made 2020 such a drag and I was so pumped to watch uh, Watson versus Mahomes. I'm excited to watch Brady versus Dak tonight. I think it should be great. I, I, you know, I think we were talking about Dak's health before we started recording. I think if he's any bit remotely like he was last year, we should have a pretty fun um, high paced game. I don't see it necessarily being like a slow, low scoring affair. I could see the Bucks moving the ball down the field on the, the Cowboys. And if as long as Dak can throw the ball downfield, I think the Cowboys will at least score two or three TDs and keep it relatively close. Bucks probably win and cover the spread, though. But I do think it'll be a fun game, and I'm excited for it. Absolutely. I mean, first game of the year, it's just it's got a different feel every year. Every year when it comes by, I'm like, I, I don't get it as excited for the NFL as I, you know, a 10 year old, 15 year old me should get, but I still do. It still just is overjoyous. I still love this day. I woke up with a pep in my step because it gives the it gives the week structure. You know, we're going to be oh, back yeah. here next Thursday watching Thursday night football, and every week from now on, this is how every week will look, which is the best. That's the best part about NFL, and that's what the rest of the calendar year is missing. <laughs> we need that Sunday anchor to just give us the structure that we need. Men need structure, and we lose it without football season. I say that every year. It's like obviously <laughs> the games. You've got a Monday night game. So really, you just gotta survive Tuesday and Wednesday because you got a Thursday night game, and then it's Friday, and then it's the weekend. So it's beautiful. We are also joined by our Patriots expert, living in Philly, Bill Hughes. How you doing, bud? What's going on, boys? Uh, just echo your sentiments. Excited for today. Excited to get this season rolling. I think you know one of the great things about the NFL is that there are going to be teams that make the playoffs that didn't make the playoffs last year. That's not always the same case. Um, in terms of having a shot at a Super Bowl, I do think, you know, it is looking pretty chalky out there from a betting perspective and in terms of Super Bowl and some of the other things. But I mean, again, we've all we're all in the mix now. So we've got week one. Everybody's got a chance. Um, I've been seeing a lot of hype around some prior conversations that we had playoff teams, Pats, Broncos. I saw some people think both of them are getting in. So I think we got a lot of, a lot ahead of us. And I'm, uh, I'm excited to talk about it and excited to get into the uh, end of the season. Yeah, we got some good feedback from some listeners who basically said all three of us are nuts that we think our teams are making the playoffs. And I got to say, hand up on me. I think mine's now the biggest stretch. 
uh, after watching that giant Patriots preseason game. I know it's preseason. You can't put too much into it, but man, their line just looked even worse than I imagined. So uh, I may have to walk back my Giants pick, but who knows? Anything can happen here. We'll see. Anything could happen in the NFC East. You could win that division seven and 10. Exactly. Exactly. Well, tonight is the Thursday night game. We got the Bucks. We got the Cowboys. Hughes, it's your boy, Tom Brady. A lot of storylines here. I do want to give you one quick little ditty because I think this is pretty funny. I was telling Coulter before we started recording, it's Tuesday of this week. My dad, Rusty, is a big Cowboys fan. And he goes, he goes, hey, man, can you believe Dak's not playing? And I was like, oh, shit, really? Now, I already had a bet down on the Bucks to cover. So as soon as he texts me that, I fire up my sports book. I'm like, oh, shit, the line hasn't moved either. So I double down on the Bucks. It has doubled down Trent. So now I basically have three units going on the Bucks tonight. So I start going through Twitter, and I see nothing about Dak. I'm like, what the hell? Did Rusty scoop Vegas? Like, what the hell happened here? So I text him back. I'm like, hey, I think Dak's playing. And he goes, oh, shit, I screwed up. I was talking about Zach Martin. I'm like, <laughs> Rusty, I know Zach Martin's not playing. That doesn't change my opinion of this game. So Rusty got me into in pretty deep with the Bucks tonight. So we'll hope that bet comes through because if it doesn't, Rusty's got some explaining to do. Yeah, I mean, I will say this just out of the gate. Uh, I don't know what number you got it at, but the thing's been just jumping. So I think, I, I mean, I saw it as at nine uh, right now, which is crazy <clears throat> to me. I mean, I don't know if I would just want to jump in the pool at nine. I do think the Bucks cover. I do think, again, I, Tom Brady's, everybody's waiting for it, right? The season that he starts where it just doesn't look quite right. With the weapons they have, it's going to be hard for him not to look right. I mean, one, their offensive line is really good. Two, they're loaded at almost every position, including getting O.J. Howard back, which, I mean, I don't even know if that's just icing on the cake, if he does anything for them. Um, you've got a, a full year under non-COVID protocols for this team. Other than the Super Bowl hangover, which we all know is a reality, I just don't see how they don't come out and cover this number tonight, mainly because the Cowboys are in a little bit of a flux. I think they have a bad coach. Um, Dak has been out for a lot of the preseason with the shoulder. Um, so I do think it's going to take a little while for the uh, Cowboys to get going. I also like the over, though, because I do think that there's going to be some points in this one. Yeah, Coulter, what do you feel about that one? Oh, I think there's there's a lot of room for garbage time points in this game, um, and that's I agree with Hughes. I, you can only bet the over in a game like this because you have Dallas, who's going to be in the second half, the way I envision the game being. They're going to be down by 10 at halftime, and the whole second half, they're just going to be throw, 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 throw. And while the Bucks might try to milk clock with their running backs, let's be honest, Brady's going to keep the ball in his hands to secure the win as long as he can. So that means little throws to Antonio Brown underneath, uh, Godwin underneath and killing them with the pass game, which Dallas, I don't think can contain. Uh, and you already highlighted the Martin uh, being out. I think it's actually a gigantic deal. I think they're going to Cowboys are going to struggle to run the football. So I do think this is a game where Dallas tries to do a lot of their damage offensively through the air, um, whether or not Prescott has the time still has the strength in his, his uh, lower body after the injury to make those passes. That remains to be seen. You got to go with Bucks here at nine, nine and a half, which it's actually nine and a half now as we're recording this at six o'clock, two hours before kickoff. It's a stay away from me because I could see a stupid missed extra point in the game ending 33, 24, something like that. So I would stay away from it at nine and a half, nine, but at seven and a half, it's a full play. Uh, Dallas, as Hughes just mentioned, 
bad coached, poorly coached team. Uh, and again, I, I think with the problems with Martin, their run game is out the window and they're imbalanced. And that's exactly what Tampa wants. Uh, the Bucks only got better. <laughs> they, they kept everybody and then they added Joe Tryon in uh, the draft. So it's like, this is a defense that's even better than the last time we saw it. And the Cowboys don't have uh, enough offensive linemen to keep them at bay, I think, for the full four quarters. Yeah, this line is moving as we speak. So, uh, Hughes, I got my first bet in last week uh, on Saturday. I got them at minus seven. And then I got this recent one on Tuesday, minus eight. So I'm still ahead of the books here in terms of the new juice, but um, feeling good. Now, boys, I want to play a little devil's advocate here because I actually was leaning to the under in this game because it's a Thursday night game. And, you know, historically, those Thursday night games are a little sloppy. And, and, Tom, and Tom is not good after eight o'clock. Yeah, it's a it's not a to, Brady not to, not to speak poorly about uh, the goat, but yeah, he's not he's not that yeah. good at after hours. It's past his bedtime. But the other flip side of that too is is uh, is exactly what you guys are talking about. You know, Zach Martin being out and the Bucks having a loaded defense. I think the Cowboys are going to struggle. I, I do see a scenario here where it's like kind of a sloppy game, but the Bucks defense just absolutely dominates out the gate. So. I may lean under here. I don't think I'm going to bet that or touch that, but uh, you know, a little devil's advocate there for you to chew on. Who knows? Maybe a derivative bet is a first half under. No, I are going to start. Yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. They start, they'll start. So, so. And I actually think I read something where Dallas is the worst. And I don't believe this being a Bronco fan, but I guess every team probably feels this way or every fan is Dallas is the worst first quarter team in the last five years against the spread uh, since they've had Dak. So this is a very slow starting uh, Dallas team under the DAC, uh, Jason Garrett, Mike McCarthy era. This is not a team that jumps out of the gates in the first quarter. Damn, that is wild. So I think it's going to be an exciting game. A lot on the line here, but let's get into it. It's week one. We are officially into the season. So if we've got any new listeners out there, here's what we do. We are in a pool. It's called officefootballpool.com. There's about 30 other people. And we pick every game against the spread. And one of those games you select as your key pick. Now, what does that mean? If you win your key pick, you get a bonus point. And obviously, you win any uh, game that you get correct. So, on this podcast, we're using the lines from this league as our uh, lines that we use to make our picks. And we make one pick. And then we make a second pick, which is our key pick. And what that does is it opens up the door for our favorite segment, the crossfire. That means someone can directly contradict or contradict your pick and they can pick against you and it triggers an automatic $10 bet. It's our usual bet, just like in trading places. So having said that, let's start with Coulter. Why don't you give us your first pick? You absolutely nailed the preamble there, uh, Kaz. One quick note, though, for the listeners. I believe the Mortimer bet it from Trading Places is just a buck, not 10 bucks, right? You're correct. Just, from the movie. just wanted to – yeah, I was just going to say I want to make sure the listeners have all the information correct, even even the Trading Places reference. All right, so I'm just going to do it. I can't believe I'm starting here, but here we go. Texans plus two and a half. Uh, it's DDT and I have to stay on brand. I'm fading my least favorite coach in the NFL. And currently that's urban Meyer. Um, let's look at some positives here. The Jaguars defense is ranked 27th uh, last season. Um, it makes this game a toss up. There's no way a defense this poor should ever be getting two and a half on the road or be favored by two and a half on the road. Uh, Houston can backdoor 
even with a weaker uh, arm, Ty Taylor. I know I always say this on the podcast. you got to be careful with the quarterbacks who can't throw late in the game. I know Ty Taylor would fit more into that class, but I still see that him capable of backdooring Jacksonville. It's not like the Jaguars defense is some sort of like Bill Belichick coach team. Like Ty Taylor, even though he's weak arm, can lead a two-minute drive, get them a field goal, cover the game, win the game, et cetera. Uh, I don't feel comfortable with any lead if I'm taking the Jags in this game at any point. They could be up 14 in the second quarter, and I still think that they're the Jaguars. Their defense isn't very good, and Houston can come back. Uh, Bad Jags offensive line. I know we've probably heard this narrative a couple times uh, during the preseason. That means they're not going to be able to move the ball as much, and uh, Lawrence is going to be just standing back there taking sack after sack. It's not going to be a pleasurable experience for him. It's not going to be like Clemson. It's going to be a welcoming to the NFL moment. Uh, third little stat here for the listeners, divisional dogs since uh, 2003 are 51-32 ATS against the spread, and that fits Houston here. They're certainly a divisional dog, and they're at home, which I like. Um, Houston might not have any blue-chip players, but they do have a lot of veterans, uh, you know, Brandon Cooks, David Johnson, et cetera, et cetera, and that has to be uh, count for something in a game like this versus one of the youngest rosters in the league. Yes, Jacksonville might have more talent. That's accounted for in the line majorly. Think about it. They're favored in this game. Um, then lastly, this is just a straight win total pick. Vegas thinks Houston's going to get four wins. How is that even remotely possible if they can't beat the Jaguars at home? How is that possible? That is the – I honestly – and I know we've talked about betting the Jags under, and I would love to still get on that with you guys. But I think best bet of the millennium is if you – if an angel came down and said, Houston's not winning on Sunday – they're going under that four, right? This is the most winnable game on their schedule. So I just think this is a great opportunity for them. And it's a narrative pick. Watson and Casario have dragged this team's name through the mud all off season. Everybody hates this team. They think they're just a dumpster fire. Guess what? They're not uh, Casario and Watson. They're not playing on Sunday. So those two tubes do not matter. It's going to take place on the field. Texans plus two and a half. That's my pick. Love the ballsy pick. Pick them probably the two worst teams in the league. <laughs> Yeah, you're putting your nuts down. I fucking love it, Coulter. Hughes, what do you think? I mean, I I, I agree. Uh, the, other than this feeling like, uh, I mean, I don't know what term you want to go with, a rat line, a Vegas special, whatever it is, like, this didn't make any sense. And honestly, the line I don't think has moved. Like, for everything that's happened, like, since like when it kind of came out, I, I think, because I was looking at a couple of my other picks leagues, like, I think two and a half has been pretty consistent in terms of where they've had this at. And I just don't fundamentally understand how a rookie coach is going to go in with a rookie quarterback to a place on the road and win week one. I just don't, I, again, and also you get the two and a half points. I mean, shoot, you, there you go. I mean, even if you lose by a, a late second field goal by one or two, you're fine. I it just, is such a weird, weird situation. I'm going to ride with Houston as well. Other than me thinking that Vegas knows something that I don't, right? Like this is the, one of those lines I look at and I'm like, they know something they have to. Yeah. Well, well, I think it could be the only negative I could come up with in my handicap is that the 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 Jaguars trio of receivers, they have Chenault, Shark and Marvin Jones Jr. could give the Texans absolute fits in the secondary because they just traded away their best corner in Bradley Roby. So clearly that's not a robust unit. Uh, And I I mean, if Lawrence is as good as they say, I mean, what I mean, he could just be slinging the ball around Houston secondary just can't keep up. That is one scenario that would, you know, put me afraid of that. But like, as you just said, he's a rookie quarterback. He's a rookie coach. I just don't trust them to do all the little things to put him in a scenario where he's throwing the ball around the park and and Jones and Chenault each 
come up with 100 yards and a touchdown in this game and walk out of Houston as the kind of fantasy du jour guys of the day. I just don't see that scenario happening, no matter how bad Houston's secondary might be. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I don't understand how a rookie coach and a rookie quarterback can be favored on the road week one. It just makes no sense. And you can say what you want about the preseason, but you cut off a preseason game. That makes a big deal for an incoming rookie quarterback. Like probably not for veterans, probably not for other guys, but a rookie quarterback, you want him out there as much as you can kind of get in the speed of that game and obviously not getting hurt. I just don't see it. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is not a, a terrible quarterback. He's not like going to be, you know, getting you excited about having him under center, but he's also not terrible. And I see a clear advantage at quarterback there. And I just, I, you know, I'm with you guys. I see this as a line that surprised me, quite frankly. These guys haven't played a game. Urban hasn't coached a game. Trevor Lawrence hasn't played a game. How are you favored on the road? If this is in Jacksonville, maybe. But I don't know, man. I'm with you guys. I got to take Houston here with the points. I mean, at home, getting points to me seems like a smart pick against two guys who've never done anything in the NFL. Uh, what, there, what, there, are, there are a couple of these games on the board that are similar of similar situation that I'm telling you those casinos didn't get built in the sand because those guys are idiots. <laughs> I, I also love Houston and we might Houston might just be a team that we identify here on DET is they might just be being priced poorly by the books because of the Casario Watson thing. They actually have the league's uh, 19th ranked offensive line, which I know you think, Oh wow, that's not that great. But like Tunstall is an all pro uh, left tackle and Marcus Cannon played for your new England Patriots. And I know you're probably not a big fan of him because he gave up sacks left and right, but he's still a starter in the NFL. Titus Howard was a former first round pick. This is an offensive line. That's not that bad. They have Phil Lindsay at running back, Mark Ingram at running back. They have David Johnson at running back. These are three veteran backs who can gain yards and Ty Taylor is not going to make mistakes. He's not going to take dumb sacks, which I'm sure Trevor Lawrence is going to do at least once. So I, I don't know. I just love the stability of, Houston's offense, even though they don't look great on paper, uh, I do think that they're going to, they're just going to be a better offense. I think than Jacksonville week one. I think that's the pick right there. The offense they are going to outscore them. So <laughs> they're getting points. Give that to me all day, baby. All right, Hughes, who do you got for your first pick? So I'm going to go in a similar direction because and this is another one that I'm just confident in. I'm going with the Bengals plus three and a half. And <laughs> Here's my logic. The Vikings have had weird turmoil, turmoil around this team all, all preseason. There's something about them that doesn't feel right. And I just think that, again, home team catching three and a half points. Like, I think the Joe Burrow stuff was maybe a little over-exaggerated early. I think that they're going to have the weapons and be able to move the ball. I don't love Cincinnati. We've talked about this a lot. But I do think, again, you want to talk about win totals. You want to talk about what games are they going to find on their schedule. I think, I'm not saying they win this outright. But I think they keep this a lot closer than people think. Walter, what do you think? By virtue of this podcast, we have a crossfire because Vikings are my best bet of the week, number Woo! two. Yeah. Uh, when you put the best ATS, coaching, best ATS coach against the league's second worst coach in Zach Taylor, uh, you have a bet for me. That's a coaching mismatch. It's the greatest one of the week. I agree with what Hughes is saying about the number here. This is definitely a, the fishiest line of the week. Something doesn't seem correct, but I'm going to dive into the pool crossfire and all best bet and all. Um, I'm sorry. This is just a mismatch. I have the number five ranked coach in my ranking Zimmer versus the number 31 coach Taylor. 
this is a roster mis mismatch too. I think the Vikings have four blue chip players. The Bengals only have one, and that's Burrow, and he might be coming back from an injury. Vikings motivation. This is a really key part to my handicap. Uh, they know that they cannot start 0-1 and still compete with Green Bay for this division. Green Bay has won 13 games two years in a row. The Vikings have been out of the playoffs uh, last year, so this is another reason why they're motivated. Zimmer's actually in the last year of his contract. Cousins is in the last year of his contract. This is a team that's actually more motivated than you think. Uh, you know, people have been ragging on Cousins for the vaccination thing. I think he wants to go out there and really just shut everybody up with a four-touchdown day, day against a really crappy Bengals team. Most importantly, we went over this in the draft. The Bengals went on Jamar Chase. It doesn't look like it's working out. They haven't improved their offensive line. I think Zimmer's going to just attack that offensive line for days. Burrow's going to be left running out of the pocket, running for dear life. Uh, I don't see the Bengals de-stopping Minnesota's triumvirate on offense, and I just see Burrow running for his life. And, uh, you know, I don't love facing Joey Covers on on the road and three and a half points, but, I again, by virtue of the podcast, I have to crossfire. We got our first crossfire. This is also why I love this podcast, boys. Every team is playing. 32 teams are at, in action, and we took the Bengals and the Texans in the first <laughs> two picks. I fucking love it. Um, I'm yeah, the two worst, two worst games of the week, I think, right? <laughs> I'm not joining. Money's in the crumbs. Yeah, it is. You got to find it. I'm not going to join you uh, on the crossfire here, uh, but I'm with you. So I, I actually have the Bengals picked in our pool as well. It is a fishy line, plus three and a half. They're at home, which I do want to point out as well. This is the second home dog. Besides, you know, we did the Texans. They're at home. Second home dog. There are eight home dogs this week, which is just crazy in my opinion. Um, crazy. But Coulter, you forgot our principal. We had backdoor Burrow, cover Joe. The guy was a cover machine when he was healthy. And I'm assuming that they're going to come out with, the, like you were saying, these weapons. And I know Jamar Chase, this is not looking great. He came out today and basically said the reason he's dropping the ball is that he can't see it. The ball's bigger and doesn't have the white stripes. That's problematic. That's very problematic. But do you think he's playing the long group on with the media? What if yes. this guy just comes yes. out and has a 200 yeah. yard pass? I mean, I would love to buy low on Jamar Chase right now in fantasy football. I feel like everybody is so low on this guy. Can't possibly be that bad. No. But I do agree philosophically they should have just gone with the lineman or something to protect Burrow. But, yeah, no. 100%. But my problem is I hate picking uh, coaching mismatches where I'm taking the team with the worst coach. We know Zach Taylor's terrible and Mike Zimmer is a better coach. But I don't think the Vikings are going to be good this year. I know those guys are all in contract years. They got a lot to prove. I'm down on the Vikings. I think this is going to be one of those teams that falls pretty hard this year. So I'm with Hughes. I like the backdoor cover there. And, uh, yeah, I think you nailed it pretty pretty good there, Hughes. I don't know if they win this game outright, but I'm getting three and a hook. Yeah, I'll sign up for that one. Yeah, three, three and I, a I hook with Joey like covers is a good recipe. Ultimately, you'll be a winning batter yeah. if you take Joey and the hook for sure. I'm I, I'm only cross-firing because I have it on my, you know, I, I have to do it by virtue. Yep. No, that's fair. All right. For my first pick, I am taking the Tennessee Titans at home minus two and a half against the Arizona Cardinals. I know this is counterintuitive from what I just said about coaches, but I got a huge coaching mismatch here. Give me Mike Vrabel over Cliff Kingsbury all day, every day. Less than a field goal at home for the Titans. I think the Titans, I mean, we obviously know how good they are. They're going to compete to win the AFC this year. I mean, they're they're in the hunt for representing the AFC. Am I right or wrong in that one? 
I, you're you're right, but you tell me you explain two and a half points against the Cardinals at home opening week. You tell me that's not the stinkiest line yeah. on this board. That made no sense. I looked at that line fifty times. I, like, I took the Titans, so I'm not going to cross you. That line is insane. Like you're talking about a team that has Super Bowl aspirations versus a team that we think the coach is going to be fired the first coach of the year, and they're at home and they're only laying two and a half. Yeah, no, it's a hundred percent a fishy line. I don't know what's going on because their offense in theory, got better too. You added Julio Jones. I'm thinking the only reason that maybe that line is like that is that these guys haven't played together yet in the preseason, but these are fucking veterans. Do they really need, do they need that kind of gelling? I don't see it. I also think the Cardinals secondary is a little beat up. I could see them going and having a pass heavy day and then dominate with Derrick Henry down the stretch. So I'm taking them two and a half at home. What do you think, Coulter? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, I'll be on record. I will not take Cliff Kingsbury uh, on this podcast this season. He will not be featured in either of my best bets for eighteen <laughs> the next 18 weeks. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the Titans. I agree with Hughes. Of all the lines on the board, this one really stinks to high heavens. I'm going to say two things that are contributing to it, and I think the first one has a little bit of makes sense, at least to me. So the win totals for these teams, Tennessee is 9.5, playing in the worst division in football. And Arizona is eight and a half playing in the best division in football. If they traded divisions, wouldn't both of these teams arrive therefore at nine wins in Vegas. And so therefore they're dead, even at their win totals, if you do it that way. And therefore the two and a half for home field actually does make sense because it's been reduced from three to two and a half, uh, in the industry uh, at large that actually changed a couple of years ago. So that's how I got to it being two and a half and it making sense to me, but I, it really is a fishy line. Nonetheless, they should, it should be at three. And the fact that it's held at two and a half really is, is kind of the wild thing to me. Um, I think the one reason, the other reason why it hasn't gone up to three is there's a lot of just speculation that the Titans can't play defense. Uh, I think the last time people saw them, they were giving up like a hundred points to the Browns uh, in the regular season. And then they, they didn't beat the Ravens. So there's a lot of uh, negative fan speculation on the Tennessee defense. So I think those are the two contributing factors. Not that it makes it any less fishy, but I'll go with Tennessee. I like what you said. I mean, all you need is a couple big plays. Kyler Murray's down, turn on the pass rush, a couple punts, and then you just give it to Henry and you run out the second half. Uh, and Cliff Kingsbury is not the kind of coach to to solve that problem on the fly on the road in week one. So Yeah, and that's my theory is that I think with the offense as powerful as it is, I think they can, can outscore the Cardinals and uh, play bully ball. That's their their method there. If this was three and a half, I'm, I'm – probably not taking that but under the field goal at home eh, yeah and you got me worried Hughes but I think I'm gonna take that see and I, maybe I'm just maybe I've got too many scars to be honest with you because that, that's a possibility but there if it was three and a half I'd feel better about it like I feel like I'd be like okay Vegas is like all right three and a half makes sense they're at home I just I don't know I'm just uh the two and a half just really threw me off so that's kind of where I was uh but I do agree with Coulter I get where he's coming from I just, it, it didn't make sense to me. I thought that that should be four and a half. You know, I don't, I don't Oh Yeah. But my thing is that I do think, like I was saying, Arizona's a little weak in the secondary. So I can see a world where like AJ Brown goes off. I don't know about Julio, if he's healthy or not, but like I can see a world where they just pass the ball all over Arizona. And then second half, they've got a 12, 14 point lead and they just start pounding with Derrick Henry and that's the ball game. So that's my, my vision there, but it is a fishy line. So I guess I'll put a buyer beware sticker on that pick for anyone listening out there. Cause that is a fishy, fishy line. All right, Coulter, why don't you kick us off with your key pick of the week? 
My key pick was Vikings minus three and a half. If I could give a bonus best bet, and I think I actually gave this one out uh, a couple weeks ago, is the under in that Jaguars game we previously talked about. Uh, I actually do just think both of these teams are going to stink up the yard, and that game's going to finish 17 to 14. So uh, that would be my second best bet to the listeners. But I did, yeah, I have Vikings as my other one, uh, minus three and a half. I don't love the hook, as we talked about, but I do think that the Vikings are much better much more talented, much more motivated team. Uh, and I just don't think Taylor has the wits to outcoach Zimmer. I love it. Crossfire on your key pick as well. It's just the juice is loose, baby. All right, then. Uh, we've gone over that game. And uh, I do like the under in that uh, that Jags game as well. So uh, what number do you got it at here? I see 44 and a half was what I was looking at earlier. Yeah, it opened at 45 and a half. I still see that. uh Westgate Superbook at 45 and a half. 45 so, and a half. Obviously, you want to get the highest number. Yeah. I've heard other handicappers give the over as their best bet this week, saying how bad the two defenses are. I guess. I mean, we'll see. I I just I think it's just going to be a stink fest. Uh, Meyer's not going to know what to do. The new coach in Houston's not going to know what to do. And it's just going to be ugly. Uh, I just don't see that game being too thrilling. That's just my opinion. Yeah. My general theme this week, too, is I think there's going to be more unders than uh, than than normal. Just week one, less preseason, new coaches. I think it's just going to be weird, but we will see. All right, Hughes, give us your key pick, baby. Yeah, so I've got Seattle minus two and a half. Um, I think it's just one of those games where, again, a little bit of a weird line to me. Um, obviously, I, I think when this game rolled out, they were dogs. They moved to favorites, Wentz being back. I think has given Indy a little bit of action. Obviously the game's in Indy. Um, and this is another one on that list of home teams um, that are dogs. But uh, I just, I, I really like Seattle. Um, I think that they, I think Pete's got a couple, uh, maybe one last run in them. Um, I think that the defense is going to be a little weak. Uh, it's really going to come down to the offensive line. Can they, can they establish any type of ground game with Carson and others? Uh, and I think they can. Uh, I think they've got the, the horse to do it. And so Seattle minus two and a half is my key pick. All right. What do you think there, Coulter? Yeah, this was actually one in the preseason that I, when I was looking at our pool, I originally dialed in as the key. I have Seattle. I just think it's been steamed so much to me. What's weird about this game is it opened Colts, I believe minus two. And I was swung four and a half points. What has changed from when it was open? Wentz is going to play. So it's like, Although he hasn't played a lot, I would say that's probably only worth two points. So that gives me a pick em. Um, But I don't like Wentz. I don't really like that Indianapolis offense. So I, I, I'm left with taking Seattle because I think they're at an advantage. It's week one. The road thing doesn't really matter. The early time slot doesn't matter. Um, and I just think Wilson's going to be ready to rock and roll and they've got a quarterback edge uh, there. So, yeah, I'll take Seattle. I do uh, – think that the line has moved way too much though because Wentz is going to play and I, I don't know if Nelson will play but I just feel like the Colts are more healthy than people think it's swung a little too too much now yeah crazy line movement there uh I'm with you Hughes I'm taking Seattle as well in this game Indy is another one of those home dogs so it's just something could play out there because I generally think the Colts are a good team it's just there's so many question marks I, I can't trust I can't trust Wentz until I, until he proves me otherwise. And that to me is what makes my pick with Seattle here. feel pretty confident. This um, is a Wentz prove it game, right? Yeah. yeah you you got to uh, let, you got to let him show it first before you take him. A hundred percent. Because we know what we're getting with Russell Wilson. We know we're getting with Seattle. Those, that's a good team. 
And, uh, you know, I, I'm curious about what they're going to do this year too, because I, I think this is like potentially the last real run that Seattle can make. I mean, Russ is getting a little older. We know that Pete Carroll's getting a little older, but my big thing is, um, they got a new offensive coordinator. I forget. I think Schottenheimer was there last year. I forget the guy's name this year. Shane Waldron is their new Thank one. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Um, I think that he's going to just do whatever he can to put Russ in the best position possible and DK and Lockett. I think Chris Carson's pretty damn good as well. So I think they're going to really make that offense run around Russell Wilson. And we saw in the first, like what, five or six games last year where they quote, let Russ cook and that offense was rolling. I think you see something similar. Um, so I'm with you, Hughes. I like Seattle in this game uh, to, to, to win and cover here. Um, I think a little trend that I'm picking up here and <clears throat> it might be useful for weeks later on in the season is just in general. I think our podcast is thinking NFC West, no matter what the situation is over AFC South. Uh, and they are playing each other, obviously, as we just did those last two games, the Cardinals tech Titans and the Seahawks Colts. So something to put a feather in your cap. Uh, clearly you've got the best division in football going against the worst. Um, so I don't know what, how much that's worth, but I think as I said with Minnesota, I think that does make you a little motivated when you're going against the other conference because you know you can pick up this win and it's not against one of the harder teams it's not against a san francisco or a green bay who are waiting for seattle on their schedule minnesota is another team they have to play early in the season yeah give me that division over the afc south all day super motivated i mean if you're seattle you want to go want to know because you have the niners literally in october 3rd and then you have a rams thursday night game uh four days later so it's like you have to win games here in september these are must win get your record at least to two and one before the gauntlet of a schedule. That is a tough stretch. So yeah, you got to get a win here. All right. For my key pick, I'm not going to do this to the listeners. I want to go on record and say it is 6:50 PM on the East coast. The Thursday night game has not started. That is my official key pick in our league, but for any skeptics out there, I'm going to throw out my other key pick just so no one calls bullshit on me here. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills, the wagon, minus six and a half against the Steelers. I like this pick for a couple of reasons, but my biggest reason is Bills Mafia. That team would have done anything to have been there last year during that awesome run that the Bills had. And now they're going to be there. And I think the Bills are going to be pretty damn good here as well. I really like this, too, because the Steelers offensive line is trash. They lost, I think, three or four of their starters from last year. So I don't see how they replaced them. They didn't draft an offensive lineman. Yeah, they drafted Najee Harris, and he's legit. But if he can't get running gaps, how the hell is he going to destroy people? Um, and I like the Bills a lot, too, because that offense can just score. I mean, Josh Allen, I think, is going to be my, my MVP pick for the year. I think we went over that. Um, they just win, and they win big games. They win by a lot. So I like the Bills. I got a stat in honor of uh, Mr. Model. I pulled up a stat for this one as well here. The Bills won 12 games since October 1st last year, and 10 of those, they won by more than six and a half. So I see uh, a lot of points from the Bills. I actually see a lot of defense from the Bills, and I think they get all over Ben Roethlisberger, who's a statue. Give me the Bills minus six and a half at home. What do you think, Coulter? Yeah, I was going to say I'd be hard pressed to say that the fans are my number one reason for liking this game, but I do like that as an edge. Uh, my number one reason is the last time we saw big Ben, he was throwing what 50 times and running for his life against the Browns. who didn't even have a head coach. 
Uh, you get McDermott, who's definitely a top uh, 10 head coach here. Not that Tomlin isn't, but I do, you're not going to have any sort of coaching advantage here. Uh, and you clearly can tell that this is a team that needs that uh, on a, any given Sunday. They pick apart the weaker teams, and then they're the team that gets a little bit beat up when they're actually going against a well-coached team. Um, and I like the point that you made the defensive line for Buffalo will take advantage of that offensive line, make things even harder for Ben. Yeah, I just look at Ben as a guy who's kind of, you know, I don't want to cast him off at this point and say he's like past his primer over the hill, but I just don't like uh, what I saw the last time I saw these guys. And similar to Indianapolis, it's just I have to see it, you know. Give me a week. Ben will have to prove it to me. Then maybe I'll be betting Steelers in the second week or taking them. But for this week, I can't get that taste out of my mouth. The last time I saw them play, they looked so terribly poor against Cleveland at home, I should mention. This one's going to be a raucous crowd, as you as you said, Cass. So this is a uh, – and Bills beat them there a couple of years ago. Granted, it was with the backup yep. quarterback. So this is a Bills team that knows they can hang with the AFC elite. They know that they can beat the Steelers. Uh, and motivation, too. You got the fans there for the first time. And the last time they played on the football field, they got kind of embarrassed by Kansas City and were outclassed. So I'm sure that this team is – really hungry, motivated to show everybody that they are one of, if not the best team in the AFC. Yep. What do you think, Hughes? So <clears throat> here's my take on this, and this is where I've landed a little bit on both sides of the Bills this year. I do think there is going to be a level of pressure on Josh Allen that he's never felt before. I don't think it's going to be complacency that he got paid. I think it's going to be pressure because he got paid. We talked about that on an earlier episode, and I do think that it's going to be interesting to see how he reacts. One, he's been known to be a little nervy as a player, right? A lot of high throws, a lot of juice, trying to run people over, maybe do a little too much. So I am interested to see. It's a lot of points. The other thing I can't quite square is the fact that the Steelers have legitimately three receivers who have been drafted fairly high in all fantasy leagues I've been in. I can't imagine how they're going to score that many points. I mean, between the three guys that they've got, they don't, I mean, I, the running game I think is going to be pretty good. I don't like their offensive line. But at the same time, like, I just don't get like some of the, and maybe it's just the logo. Maybe it's, you know, people fall in love with the, with the iron, but like, I'm just not, I'm not into it. I'm with you. I think the bills lay a number on them. Six and a half. just seems like Vegas is like, Oh God, please take, please take the Steelers. Please take the Steelers. Come on public. Think you're so smart. Take the Steelers. It's going to be bills all day. Yeah. I should, I should say this one's getting steamed up already. The bills, I, it's 62% right now. I'm actually kind of shocked. It hasn't gotten to seven. Uh, it just must be respect for Tomlin and big Ben. And that's what I'm banking on. And I'm with you. Is that I think Vegas wants people to be, look at that line. But like that's a lot of points to give a Tomlin coach team with big Ben coming back. But that offensive line is a major, major liability. And I, I think that place is going to be rocking. I know Ben's a veteran. Ben's been in those kind of games. The crowd's not going to affect him, but I, I think that's going to help the bills more than it hurts the Steelers. I think you made some good points about Josh Allen. This is going to be weird to see him kind of as this front runner, uh, but they're just a better team. They're a better team overall. So I like that, that six and a half. Now, what I would also love to throw out to the, to the fans and the listeners out there, check the line here because uh, obviously we got some juice I am all over a six point teaser between the bills and the bucks. I get the bills down to a half a point. And again, I got the bucks at seven and a half. So, you know, I got them down to one and a half. I tell me how that teaser loses. Cause I see no way. I've been looking at these money line parlays and yeah, the teasers all week long. It's they're so tempting. Yeah. I like bucks. Bucks, Rams, uh, Niners. You got Bucks, Rams, Packers. You Bucks, Rams, Bills. You know, 
there are a lot of them. I like that one. I like Bills. You know what? Actually, one I like the most is the Super Bowl. Uh, that would be my favorite tease: is Bucks Chiefs. I don't see the Chiefs losing to the Browns. I keep hearing that the Browns are going to give them the game. I talk about a team that's max motivated to prove everybody that they're not the team that we lost well, last time we saw them. And that, and to me, that line screams Chiefs. Like that is like Chiefs. By a billion, it's a Chiefs by a billion line to me. Like I just feel like everybody trying to capitalize again on thinking that the Browns are back, liking the underdog story a little bit. But to me, like I think the Chiefs all day. Yeah, we've gone over that. That's uh, This whole season feels like a fuck you tour from the Chiefs. We saw the Aaron Rodgers fuck you tour last year. I think the Chiefs do that this year, and they can come out to blow people out. Um, now, before we end the episode with the Giants and the Broncos, our resident picks here, Hughes, let me get a little taste from you here. Mac Jones, first game, going up against a tough Miami defense. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Uh, I think Mac Jones has proven that he belongs in this league. He deserves to be a starting quarterback. And I honestly don't think that it had anything to do with any other factors of who the starter is. Right. I think maybe there's some factors to why Cam's gone. We talked about that a little bit, but like this guy earned it. He's won a national championship. He is going into a situation that I think the Pats are going to have a really good offensive line. And I think if you're a rookie quarterback and you want to be successful, having a really good offensive line, a, a stable of running backs, and a couple of good tight ends, which they finally have. Hopefully they can stay healthy. I do think all three of those things support a, a good young rookie quarterback and also a good defense. So, again, biased. But that being said, I do think the Pats, given this line, and given the fact that the Dolphins are not a bad team, um, I think this this line screams Pats. I like the Pats. And you know what it was for me? I like these intangibles. I like hearing these things that come out about quarterbacks specifically. And I heard the story of him doing walkthroughs in his front lawn with his girlfriend. And I am sold. I fucking love that. <laughs> Dedication yeah. for everyone. Right. He's not on red carpets. This guy's not trying to do step and repeats. This guy wants to get in, learn the game, play football and win championships. And again, that's part of what the Alabama thing is, right? He sat behind two guys that are current starters in the NFL. Like he knows what it takes to be a winner and he knows what it takes to play in the NFL. So I am very inspired by what's going to happen now. I think he's going to have some struggles this year. Um, and I think they're going to have, but I do think they have all the other pieces around him to with, he doesn't need to carry this team. He doesn't need to be the reason they win. This is, this is early Tom Brady teams. In my opinion, they've built this defense a lot like those early 2000 teams. I think they've built the structure around um, the quarterback it's the same way in terms of the offensive line. So, I mean, again, I'm, I'm bullish on the pass right now. I think, you know, people are getting behind them. But at the same time, people are killing the Dolphins. I don't know. I think the Dolphins are going to be pretty good. So that's my other concern is that the Dolphins are actually better than people maybe are giving them credit for. And this whole Deshaun Watson thing that went down is either an indictment on Tua or was a motivator. And I think it might have been a motivator. Well, I like that take. Uh, yeah, you know, we've gone over Brian Flores in that defense. That's a really good defense. So I'm curious to see how Mac does against them. It'll be a real test to see, you know, if he's completely ready and if he comes out and just plays well, doesn't lose you the game. I think there's a lot of optimism to come out of Mac Jones. So we shall see. Woo <laughs> uh, all right, Coulter, what do you think about our giants Broncos game? Oh, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to be at the, uh, at MetLife on Sunday. So I'm very excited uh, about that. Very uh, I, I, I think we have an edge, uh, as long as Bradley Chubb can play, he was limited in practice today, but we have to have an edge. I think at pass rush uh, with between um, 
Chubb and Miller and Reed, your offensive line can't contain. And I think uh, as long as Chubb and, and uh, the Miller get home, they can just ruin Jones's day quickly. The fans will turn on Jones quickly. I'm sure if he throws a couple picks in the first half, the secondary could be really good this year in Denver too. So team that they keep saying is great. Uh, and I've I only watched a limited amount of the preseason, but he, you know, he's lived up to the billing. So it could be a long day for Daniel Jones. I don't love the line. I, I us taking or being favored uh, on the East Coast always worries me. Uh, it is the opening of the season, so I guess there's that advantage to us. But the last time we were in the MetLife Stadium, or actually no, we put the Jets there on Thursday night last uh, last year. But prior to that, we got steamrolled by the Jets at MetLife uh, Sunday afternoon game like this one. So kind of a house of horrors for the Broncos. I was also at the Super Bowl, so don't love going to MetLife to watch my team play. <laughs> um, but I, I do feel confident about the matchup versus Jones versus the Giants offensive line. Our pass rush is pretty good. Uh, I do see a few turnovers, and as people know, turnovers win games. So yeah, Very that's jealous. my little handicap. Give me a full report back on how it is, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm nervous. The Broncos defense is legit, and I can see a world where Daniel Jones gets sacked six times, two fumbles, throws a pick. It's just a, a concerning game on all fronts here. I, I would also bet the under if I'm a if I'm a betting person. I think I saw it at like 42 and a half, and even that seems high. We're uh, not going to score much on your defense. I'm sure yeah. Joe Judge is coming up with a game plan where it's like contain Denver, make sure they don't score more than 13 points, and we might be able to win 16-13. <laughs> I agree exactly. with you. I love I love the under. It can't go low enough, quite frankly. Like this, it could go to 35, and I'd still be tempted by that 16-13 that I was just saying. Absolutely. Yeah. I see not a lot of offense, but that line, it just scares me. And I'm, I'm nervous for the season. I mean, obviously you got to have optimism. I had it on the, the pod before, but eh, that line looks fucking brutal. Hughes, you're there saying Barkley's uh, fully healthy. So yeah, Hughes, there you're you the go. partial uh, viewer here. Make your pick here. Broncos giants minus two and a half. So I took the giants um, only because of the home field West coast or, you know, up from the West travel and, I do think like there's something about Joe judge that I do believe in, obviously again, another bias um, from the past days, but I think that team played really well towards the end of the season. I think they started to trend in the right direction. I think you started to see what a healthy Dan Jones could do. He got hurt again. If he's healthy, if Barkley's healthy, I think they went out and got some weapons that can help them. Uh, I don't think the offense lines as bad as people think. I think the Pats, again, like I think they got abused by the Pats, but I think the Pats defense, they, they invested a ton of money in the defensive line. I mean, between Judon and um, Devin Gottschall and like some of these other guys, like they, they, they threw some money around. So, uh, again, I'm not, I wouldn't bury them for a one preseason game. Um, I know that they struggled at times last year, but they, again, were trending in the right direction. Um, and I think they've got a no nonsense coach. So, I, I do like the Giants in this spot with the points. Um, you know, I think the Broncos are probably the better team. You know, as it relates to, you know, kind of, but you got, you got Teddy two gloves. So, I mean, it depends what you're going to get. Yeah. I like uh, in this situation where I don't feel good about the Giants, I like betting against them in our pool because that way, if they lose, at least I got my pick right. And I'm the same way. I have the Giants picked, even though I I like the Broncos. I'm going to be rooting for them in the stadium, but <laughs> just picking the Giants is an emotional hedge. Maybe our strategy for next year in this pool is that we create a fake persona and then whatever our, uh, the three of us agree on. We, we make that our pick. <laughs> that might not be bad. Yeah. I like <laughs> not a Judge. Bad idea. I, I think Judge is a superior coach to Vic Fangio, but I the reason why I, I like Broncos and Patriots this week is give me Belichick and 
against Tua and Vangio against Daniel Jones. It's really the handicap should be that simple. It should stop there. If you're talking about two defensive masterminds. I mean, how many games did Vangio make opposing quarterbacks look like little girls last year? I mean, the guy is a mastermind defensive coordinator. He might not be a great head coach, um, but I mean, the guy knows how to really take apart uh, weak quarterbacks. And I mean, we know the same thing about Belichick. The guy can just take apart a weak quarterback. I don't think two is great. I think Belichick's going to have his number. I don't think the Dolphins or the Giants score more than 20 points in either of these contests. I think they're both low-scoring affairs, and I think both Vic Vangio and Belichick are Zooming with each other after Sunday, just saying, man, we did it again. We beat the hell out of these terrible young quarterbacks. Indeed. Indeed. All right, gentlemen. Well, give you some time to watch the game. We've got Thursday Night Football ahead of us. We're going to drop this episode on a football Friday. The NFL is back, gentlemen. Phenomenal episode in the books. We'll see everybody next week on Double Down Trent. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money, and you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's oh, who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Fucking All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.